चेतो दर्पण मार्जनम भव महादावाग्निर्वापनम श्रेय कैरवचंद्रिकातरम विद्यावधूजीवन आनंदुधिवर्धन प्रतिपदम पूर्णमृतास्वादनम सर्वात्मस्नपनम परम विजयते श्री कृष्ण संकीर्तनम ध्यान मूलम गुरो यो 
ब्रह्मानं विदधाति पूर्वं यो वै वेदांश्च प्रहिणोति तस्मै तग्वंह देवमात्मबुद्धि प्रकाशं मुमुक्षुर्वै शरणमहं प्रपद्ये We'll chant for a few minutes. Bhaju Giri Dhara Govind Gopala Oh. 
शरण शरण तुम्हारी कृपा के बिना तुम्हें कोई जान भी तो नहीं सकता ओ रेफ्यूज ऑफ डेस्टिट्यूट्स हु कैन नो यू विदाउट योर ग्रेस अविद्या की ग्रंथि ते गोविंद राधे ऊर्झा है जीव उसे कृपाल ते सुरझा दे राधा गोविंद गीत अविद्या की ग्रंथि ते ऊर्झा जीव द सोल द इंडिविजुअल सोल इज बाउंड बाय और टाइड इन द नॉट्स ऑफ इग्नोरेंस What do I mean by ignorance? Ignorance in the form of the misidentification with this body. So oh Shri Krishna, please untie all those knots of ignorance of the soul with your divine grace. with your mercy he asharan sharan
Asharan Sharan means refuge of destitutes. It is one of the uncountable virtues, attributes of Sri Krishna. This attribute of Sri Krishna is demonstrated in the life of Draupadi. <clears throat> when Draupadi was dragged into the assembly by Dushasan to disrobe her of her clothes, to strip her of her clothes, she was faced with a dreadful situation. Only the heart of the experiencer can understand how terrible such an act would have been for an Indian woman of her status and respectability. Sadropadi, having hope in her heart that her five husbands, Yudhishthir, Arjun, Bhim, Nakul, and Sahadev, will protect her. But because they had lost her while gambling, they sat with their heads down. And so the strength that she had in her heart, it went away. That her husbands will protect her. And then she looked to the great men of in the court, Bhishma Pitamaha, Dronacharya, and even they offered no help. So she looked around, hoping that someone would volunteer, but no one did. In the end, she decided that she was going to protect herself by clenching her sari between her teeth. But what was the strength of Draupadi in comparison to Dushasan, who had the strength of 10,000 elephants? Sri Krishna was in Dwarika and he was having his meal. He had one morsel in his mouth and he stopped eating. He had another morsel in his hand. He did not put it in his mouth and nor did he put it on the, on the plate. So seeing such an appearance of Sri Krishna, Rukmini asked, what is the matter? So Sri Krishna said, one of my devotees is in trouble. So Rukmani said, you are bhaktavatsal. You have affection for your dear souls and devotees, so protect. So Sri Krishna said, I have a law. And against that, I do not act. What is it? Ananyashintayanto mam ye janah paryupasate 
So Sri Krishna said, I only take total complete responsibility of the soul who fully surrenders to me. At this time, this devotee has faith in her own strength. But as soon as Dushasan pulled Draupadi's sari, it was jerked loose from between her teeth. And in that moment, Draupadi, she abandoned, she renounced faith in her own strength. And she with her full heart, she called Sri Krishna, Hanat Dwarika Vasan. And Sri Krishna manifested himself. Ambara Avtar, it's called. He manifested himself in every fiber of Draupadi's sari. And of course, Dushasan kept pulling it endlessly until he gave up. So Draupadi, she took refuge in Sri Krishna. She abandoned faith in her own ability to protect herself and took refuge in Sri Krishna. And so Sri Krishna is a sharana sharana, refuge of the downtrodden, the distraught, fallen, humble souls. Now this illustration or this story of Draupadi, I shared only as an illustration of what a sharana sharana actually depicting that attribute or that quality of Sri Krishna. So this is how far we should contemplate or think about this, not beyond that, because Sri Maharaji his teachings to us, Maharaji advocates nishkam bhakti, selflessness, that we never desire anything from Sri Krishna. We should never ever entertain the thought of desiring anything from Sri Krishna. Because by not desiring anything, we get everything. There are three classifications of saints or souls who attain divine love. Dropadi falls in the category of sadharani rati. Means she desired her own happiness as only. She desired her own. Of course, it is a state. It is the stage of divine love. It's an attainment of divine love. 
But Sri Maharaji strives to take us to the highest, to the ultimate experience of divinity. Now, for an aspiring devotee on the path of devotion, on the path of bhakti, like you and I, until our ultimate goal is fully accomplished or fully realized, until we realize Sri Krishna in front of us, until God realization, Asharana Sharana for us aspiring devotee souls is our Guru. Our Guru serves us. He is our refuge. Refuge of us destitutes. He is our sole refuge on this path until we reach perfection. When we find ourselves saved from crisis, any kind of crisis, calamity, we are overcome with the realization, a feeling of gratefulness, a feeling of humility. We feel overwhelmed and we immediately realize that we have that divine protection over us. We are protected. We are heard saying, Oh, Sri Maharaji protected me. If it weren't for Sri Maharaji, who knows what could have happened. We are heard saying this. But as soon as we get comfortable, that feeling, that tension, when we find ourselves out of those feelings of distress, what happens? We forget. And we turn around and seek refuge in other people around us. So that feeling is momentary. We have to retain it always and all the time through the practice of sadhana. Because as individuals on this path, our identity as devotees, we identify with Sri Maharaji and Sri Maharaji's grace. Not only in moments of distress, but also in moments of joy. In every moment, in every situation, no matter where we are, what we're doing, it doesn't matter what the circumstances are. We belong to Sri Maharaji and so we identify with him. He is our sole refuge. It's the feeling within us that we carry, we feel. It doesn't matter who we're interacting with in the world, we're traveling through an airport, it doesn't matter. That should be our conviction as devotees. Yes. So, speaking of Sri Maharaji as our sole refuge, once in Barsana, an older devotee, his name was Bhagat Baba, he was 
in the ashram in Rangili Mahal. Didn't have a room of his own, so he used to stay in Rangili Mahal in the prayer hall. And so one day, around 11 o'clock, 11.30 or so, Sri Maharaji used to come out and give darshan to the devotees. So some of us were there, and so he came up to Sri Maharaji, and uh, he asked Sri Maharaji, Maharaji, I, I have high blood pressure, is what I'm told by the doctor, and so if I start taking medication, I would have to take it for my whole life, so should I take medication? In all humility, with a feeling of just submission, very humble and very sincerely asking Maharaji. And Maharaji said, yes, you should take. And then Shri Maharaji reached in his pocket and gave him money. He gave him 200 rupees. And, and he... And just from that gesture of Sri Maharaji, he was so, so deeply humbled. His heart melted. Because he, he didn't have any, any money. So, and he, he made a, he, he said something to Sri Maharaji. He said, Sab aapko dete hain, kewal mein leta he said to Sri Maharaji that everyone gives to you, they offer to you, and I'm the only one that takes from you. Our refuge. When Sri Maharaji came to Austin, visited Barsana Dham. In 2005, a family from Canada, they were leaving, and so they were late for their flight, and so without saying goodbye to Sri Maharaji, they left. And soon after they had turned on Mopec, their car broke down in an area where there were no houses or businesses. They didn't have a way to call for help. But finally, a car pulled up. And a nice man walked up to help them. So he got the motor started. But by then, they, had, they were already late for their flight. And so at that point, they had no choice but to return to come back to the ashram. So when they came back and they went to, to meet Sri Maharaji, and Maharaji said, you did not even meet me before you left. And so then they told Maharaji about this incident that had transpired and how this man helped them. And so Maharaji said, did you notice a freckle on his cheek pointing to his freckle? Our refuge. And not only that, Sri Maharaji 
is the refuge of all the souls in the world. Once a devotee family was expecting Sri Maharaji at their house for the first time in Lucknow. And so what happened was Maharaji was coming by train and so when they came to the train station to receive Sri Maharaji, they found out that Sri Maharaji's trip was canceled that he wasn't arriving that day, so they went back to the train station the following day, only to find out that once again, Sri Maharaji's program got canceled. So what used to happen was, there, the housemaid of that family, Kamwali, she used to beg them, please take me along. Take me along, because she also wanted to receive Sri Maharaji at the train station. So she said, please take me along. But they you would leave her at home, and they, the rest of the people would go to the train station. And so she used to say to them, just watch and see. Because you're not taking me, Maharaji will not come. <laughs> Sri Maharaji will not come. And so this happened three days in a row, three consecutive days. And so on the fourth day, when they did brought her along, then Maharaji came. So when Maharaji was told what had happened, he laughed. So he is our refuge, a sharana sharana. Now let us understand the philosophy imbued within these lines. So the power, Maya, it is so powerful. It is so powerful that by no other means can anyone overcome Maya or conquer Maya except through the grace of God? It is only through the grace. And this grace is experienced by a surrendered soul. Sri Krishna tells in the Gita, Daivi Yesha Gunamai Mama Maya Duratyaya Mamevaye Prapadyante Maya Metam Tarantite. Only the souls or only the one who will surrender to me, Eva, Eva means me alone, can transcend Maya. Likewise, are the other scriptures as well describe Tumhari Kripa Tumahi Raghunandana Janata Bhagata Bhagata Urachandana. So that fortunate soul upon whom God bestows his divine grace, only that soul with the grace, so that soul. Experiencing God means what? They experience Shri Krishna with Shri Krishna's power. 
They can visualize him, experience his closeness, hear him, talk to him, touch him. How? Only when Sri Krishna bestows his divine intellect on that soul with his divine grace. Only then. So dasi ragubir ki samujhe mithya sopi chutai na ram kripa binu nath kahu padaropi ramayana. That just like some philosophers think that Maya is fake, it is actually not fake. It is, it is the maid servant of God. And it is only when we receive the grace of God that we can be released from Maya. Purushana punsakanarinara jeeva charachara koya sarvabhava bhaja Kapataji Mohi Param Priyasoi Ramayan. That it doesn't matter which class or what kind of soul one is, but if they dedicate exclusively and with emotional feelings, they surrender to God then such a soul is most dear to God. So, the Katha Upanishad describes that God is not a subject of study, debate, intellectual application. He cannot be known by hearing either. He can only be known with his grace. So in essence, grace is the only means by which we can know Shri Krishna, attain Shri Krishna. So the scriptures to reinforce this fact or this philosophy, the scriptures further tell us that there's no other means or there's no other way. God is beyond the intellect of even great minds or great personalities. Great personalities. That's why the Vedas, they tell us, Ved. So more subtle than the senses are the objects of the senses. Even more subtle is the intellect, is the mind, and even more subtle is the intellect. Beyond the intellect is the soul. Beyond the soul is maya, and beyond maya is God. So it is not 
possible to comprehend God with our limited material intellect. This is what the scriptures are telling us. Again, the Vedas tell us, Yato vacho nivartante saha. He is beyond the reach of our intellect. Jagape khana tum dekhana hare Vidhi hari shambhu na chavan hare Te un janahi maram tumhara Aur ko janahi So Ram Swarupa Tumhara Vachana Agochara Buddhi Para Avigat Akatha Apara Neti Neti Nita Nigama Vada Indriyani Paranyahur Indriye Bhya Paramanaha Manasas to Para Buddhir Yo Buddheha Paratas to Saha Gita. So all of these scriptures, they unanimously declare that God is beyond the reach of our intellect. Because if it were possible to reach God with our intellect, what could that mean? It would mean that our intellect is the same, it's equal to God. No, but it is not. And yet, yet, the scriptures tell us that souls, many souls, have reached God. They have experienced His grace. Vedahametam purusham mahantam madityavarnam tamasaha parastat. The Vedas tell us that souls have dadami buddhi yogam tam yena mamupayantite gita that shri krishna can be known but how so the gita says by surrendering our intellect by surrendering our intellect this buddhi devi we have to submit Yes. So in the devotional period, in the process of sadhana, we're all sadhaks, endeavoring, striving to purify our heart. Yes. So scriptures tell us that we cannot surrender to God directly, and therefore they tell us, Yasya deve para bhaktir yatha deve tatha guru. That devotion to God and devotion to our guru should be exactly the same because our guru is God's grace in form. So the scriptures tell us that we have to surrender to our Guru. Heed the teachings of our Guru. Adhere to the teachings of our Guru. Yes, that is what we have to do. So, 
the story of Shabari enlightens us. Shabri, she was a tribal woman who resided, a great devotee who resided in the forest of Dandakaranya in central India during the time or during the dissension of Lord Ram. So wandering through the forest, she came upon a beautiful ashram that was inhabited with beautiful birds, a variety of birds and other wildlife. So that part of the forest was known as Matangvan. And it was owned by a sage named Matangamuni. So upon reaching the ashram, she fell at the feet of the sage and begged him to accept a fallen, sinful, and orphaned woman such as herself in his refuge and the gracious all-merciful sage he took her under his care and imparting the philosophy of divine love devotion so when the time came for him to depart the world he called her and gave her instructions and he told her that you stay here you continue to stay here in this ashram and serve in this ashram because one day Lord Ram and his brother Lakshman, they will come. And when you receive his darshan, the purpose of your life will be gratified, will be fulfilled of this human life. So saying, telling this to Shabri, the sage kindled the fire of devotion in her heart before departing. So every day, according to the wishes of her guru, Shabri was awaiting the arrival of Bhagwan Ram and his brother Lakshman. And every day she cleaned the path leading to the ashram, sprinkled the path with beautiful flower petals and all, and the thought was uppermost in her heart, in her mind, that any moment the Lord can arrive. And so she had such unwavering faith in the words of her guru that every day she was spending in the loving remembrance, day and night, of Bhagwan Ram. And carrying out meticulous preparations in anticipation of the Lord, fetching the kandamul, and, and as time went by, her faith in her, in her guru grew stronger and stronger. Finally, that auspicious day arrived, came. So in search of his eternal consort, of his beloved Sita, the Lord Bhagwan Ram with his brother Lakshman, they arrived. They arrived there, and so they were wonderstruck when they saw the beautiful surroundings. And because Shabari, she was a great ascetic and a great yogini, and so brimming 
with love and joy in her heart, she, with folded hands, greeted Bhagwan Ram and Lakshman and fell at their feet in surrender. Her eyes were transfixed on the sublime beauty of Bhagwan Ram, his beautiful blue body, strong shoulders, and his long matted hair with this beautiful wildflower garland. And of course, with his contrasting fair-complexioned brother Lakshman, fulfilled her long-cherished dream to the hilt. She was ecstatic. So she fell at the feet of the Lord. And overcome with the depth of emotions, Bhagwan Ram lifted her and he said to her that, Oh, dearest one, you have, you have served your guru with all your heart. And so today, your devotion has reached fruition. Your devotion to your guru and your heartfelt seva. So hearing such benevolent words of Bhagwan Ram, Shabri, she said, Oh, Raghunandan, the son of the Raghu dynasty, by having your darshan today, the purpose of this human life, my devotion has fructified. And I know for sure that with you placing your lotus feet in this ashram, that my tapasya, my penance, has succeeded and that I will reach your divine abode. So, Shabri became an example of Guru Bhakti. She offered her heart and mind in the seva of her Guru. She followed his Agya. And what was the outcome of that? What was the outcome of that? She reached her goal of divine love realization. The Lord walked into her life and gave her darshan as was told to her by her guru. By her guru. Yes. That is what happened. So the point is that doing sadhana under the direct guidance and inspiration of a God-realized personality is what will inspire Sri Krishna's grace. And when we receive that grace, we will receive our intellect, our mind, our senses, and everything will become divinized. So in other words, we will experience Sri Krishna with Sri Krishna's divine intellect. Only when he bestows it upon us with the grace of Guru. 
Through the Guru, we will receive it. Yes. So, this is the essence of devotion to one's Guru. Sometimes naive people wonder, wouldn't it be so easy and so good if God were to just manifest in front of us and we could just see him and become enchanted and fascinated by his beauty and that way we wouldn't have to do any sadhana. It would be so easy, wouldn't it? Well, no. Why? Because we're not qualified. Unless we qualify ourselves, we cannot expect to be experiencing even a drop of divinity. Not at all. So people argue that, oh, but saints, they experience God, and so what's wrong? Why can't we? They were fascinated by God's divine darshan. Murati madhur manohar dekhi bhayu videha videha visekhi When King Janak, when he saw the divine beauty of Bhagwan Ram, he was so attracted and enticed by the divine beauty of Bhagwan Ram. Yes. And so we can also know because we have a material mind, intellect, and body. And of course, as it is described in the Bhagavatam, that when Sri Krishna went to the assembly, of guns. Malana Mashanir Ninam Naravara Strinam Smaro Murtiman Gopanam Svajano Satam Kshitibhujam Shasta Swapitro Hashishu Mrityur Bhoja Pater Virad Vidusham Tatvam Param Yoginam Vrishninam paradevate tividito rangam gata sagraja Bhagavatam. When Sri Krishna went, he was only 11 years old. Everyone that was there in that assembly, they experienced upon perceiving Sri Krishna, everyone had their own individual experience. So the wrestlers, what did they experience? That this boy, you know, his body is not made of flesh and blood. Uh, no. Then, looks like he has produced, his body is made of lightning bolt. That's how strong he is. Average people saw Sri Krishna. And what did they conclude? Oh, this boy, you know what? He has great human qualities. Yes. And when the women saw, oh wow, he's so beautiful. He's so handsome. We have heard about Kamdev, but you know, I don't think Kamdev compares at all. This boy is so beautiful. 
when Sri Krishna's friends, the Gwalbal, saw him, they, oh, this is our childhood friend, Kanua. And when the wicked king saw Sri Krishna, <clears throat> ooh, he is our stern ruler. When his parents, mother and father, oh, he is our loving baby. Yes. And when Kans saw Sri Krishna, ooh, he is the death of the god of death, Yamraj. He's death personified. Yes. And when the evil-minded people, they saw him, they trembled with fear. And they saw Sri Krishna as a universally gigantic form with thousands of faces and arms and legs and, and with like these flares of fire emanating from every mouth. That is how they perceived him. And the yogis... They saw him as absolute truth, param tattva. And the yadavs, they saw him as their family. So everyone perceived Sri Krishna in their own way, according to the quality of the heart, their own temperament and the purity of their heart. That is how they perceived. So if God were to manifest in front of us, how would we perceive him? Of course, with our limited mind, intellect, and senses. Everything is material. And so, Sri Krishna will appear as a material personality to us. That is what will happen. And as Sri Maharaji gives the example of a magnet, and if you put needles around a magnet then the needle that is most pure has more iron in it, it will be drawn immediately to the magnet. But the one that has more impurity, it will be drawn, but slowly it will take time. And the, one, and the needle that has more impurity, it will not even budge. So, so this is what happens during the dissension of God and saints, that those souls whose heart is pure, they are attracted to that magnet in the form of God and saints. And those whose hearts are impure, whatever is a quality of their heart, they perceive Sri Krishna as a loafer, a vagabond, why? Because they themselves are a loafer. <laughs> They're wearing those spectacles, right? Yes. So that is what they see. They're wearing dark. They see dark. There are three qualities of Maya. Ajamekam lohita shukla krishnam. So that is those three qualities of maya are always revolving in our consciousness or so depending on the environment that we're exposing ourselves to and associating with accordingly we develop those qualities and so when we come into contact with divinity in the form of god or saints then our perception is also according to the quality of our heart 
of our consciousness. That is why during the descension of Bhagwan Ram, a dhobi, a washerman, he became completely doubtful about the purity of Mother Sita. And he said that how could she be at, the, at an enemy's house, in the house of an enemy, Ravan, and remain pure and chaste? He could not accept that that was possible. So the point is that it really depends on the quality of our heart. And according to that, we feel an attraction to God, an attraction to God during his dissension, because we have been, over the course of our uncountable lifetimes and through the countless dissensions of God and saints, yes, we have been around. But when we saw Bhagwan Ram, how did we perceive him? Oh, well, he's beautiful for sure. Yeah, he's good. He's good looking. He's capable too. But, yeah, did we have faith? Oh, no, we judged him otherwise. That's what we did. And then the saints, when they saw Bhagwan Ram, they saw him in his full divine glory. That is how they perceived him. So it is really up to us and how our it's just like if we go to, if, there, if suppose there's a well, we go and we dip a cup. What do we get? A cup of water. You dip a pot in it. You get a pot of water. You put a drum in it. You get a drum of water. So it it's really depends on the quality of our own heart. And accordingly, we derive benefit and some people, in fact, they commit more transgressions in the presence of saints. They commit more sins and transgressions because they cannot tolerate their evil or their impiety or their impious hearts. They rebel. They rebel against the purity and the pure presence and the grace of that saint. Many years ago, once this man came and, um, and Swamiji was with us, and so this man asked him, he was very arrogant, obviously, I mean, it was pretty obvious, so he asked, what do you do all day? He asked Swamiji. Swamiji said, well, I eat I drink and I sleep. The point is that people, they use their puny, faulty, defective intellect to judge a saint. And what is their measure? Their own sinful heart. 
That is their scale. That's it. <clears throat> so it's almost like a child who's trying to test the knowledge of a professor. But how can he? He doesn't even know A, B, C, D. He doesn't even know the alphabets. And yet he's trying to judge the qualification. We don't even know our own people. People that we live with under the same roof day in and day out. We don't even know what's going on in their heads and in their mind. No, we, we don't. And yet, we have the audacity to judge and pass judgment on saints and divine personalities. So the point is that grace is our only hope. It is only with grace. And to receive that grace, we have to do sadhana. And to do sadhana, we need the association of saints, of a saint who can guide us on the path of bhakti and devotion. So this verse of the prayer, He asharana sharana, O refuge of destitutes, who can know you without your grace? Shrimat Sadguru Sarkariki. Shrimat Yugal Sarkariki. Jai Jai Shri Radhe. Jai Jai Shri Radhe. Jai Jai Shri.